This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Open Table. This is a show which wants to break down barriers. We want to build bridges and weave the fabric of a cohesive society. and welcome to another episode of Open Table. Today our topic of discussion is Women in Faith and I am joined here today by two amazing ladies from different faiths um, representing their faith communities. So I have got Reverend Philomena Kinera and I have got Sister Nolene Orchers. So in order for us to just begin uh, our conversation, I think I would like my panelists to just talk a little bit about their roles in their communities. I'll start off with uh, Reverend Philo. If you can just introduce and in, in your role in the community, Reverend Philo. Okay. Um, hello, uh, I am uh, Reverend Philomena Kinera. Um, originally, I'm from Singapore and I have I've been in New Zealand for over 25 years. My role, I am currently the parish superintendent of uh, the Aldersgate Centre, which is the the Durham, former, which is the Durham Street Methodist Church. Um, I'm very involved with community um, and sees opportunities that arises. I'm involved with the Interfaith uh, Council and also with the Ministry of Ethnic Communities. Um, I, I, I guess uh, my, my passion lies in, um, in uh, making uh, not only New Zealand, but uh, the world a better place to live in. So in, in whatever way that I can contribute to the well-being of humanity, I seize the opportunity. Right. Thank you very much, Reverend Philo. Sister Nolene. Hi, I'm Nolene Odges from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, my role in my community is mostly as a member. Um, I do take on, currently have a role in which I am responsible responsible to assist in communication, both within our church organisation, but also to the broader community and extended people. Um, I just, like Philo, I want to help others have opportunities to become and be the best that we can and to enable one another in our journeys rather than undermine and so am part of the interfaith group and currently serving as the trust uh, treasurer on that um, 
I just love meeting with people who are willing to live what they believe. Thank you, Sister Nolene. Uh, and, and I think both of you have been such an inspiration and um, to work alongside with in, in various interfaith projects that our trust has been um, working on. So, it, you know, thank you for all your guidance that both of you give when we are working on different things. So today what I wanted to do was uh, reflect on the role of women in faith and sort of look at if we get an opportunity to discuss if we've got any specific um, uh, verses from the scripture to talk about women in the faith. But in general, uh, I think the first um, aspect that I'd like to explore with both of you is how is uh, the role of women interpreted in your faith communities because obviously you both hold key positions in your faiths so I'd be very keen to explore that and uh, if I can start off with Sister Nolene how 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 what is the role of women in faith in your community Sister Nolene? Uh, very actively involved. Women are encouraged to participate in all levels, uh, are invited to speak, to give prayers and meetings, to coordinate, to um, assist in counselling with the male leaders of the church. Uh, we're a little bit different um, in the fact that our women don't are not bearers of the priesthood. Mm -hmm. um, and yet I do not in any way feel that that undermines me in any way as a woman because I have the ability to act within that power or responsibility. Um, so I don't perform ordinances, but I am able to participate in those. So an ordinance being baptism, um, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, being set apart in callings or responsibility. Mm. Um, however, there are roles that I take on as a woman. Um, there's multiple opportunities for me to participate and be involved. Mm. I think the most significant thing we as women can do is to minister to one another. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity of being with Hasfa Ahmed and um, ministering to the Muslim community after March 15th. And I learned a really important lesson. I had always seen my saviour as being Jesus Christ. And a young woman referred to Hasfa as being her saviour. <laughs> it kind of provoked a thought in me and I was like, wow, what is this and how is this and how does that relate to me? And so I had opportunity to go to my scriptures and to ponder and to pray and have discovered that I too can be a saviour. A saviour is somebody who helps somebody to, in times of distress and hard times. So we as women can be saviours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much, Sister Nolene. Reverend Philo, so let's talk about how um, the role of women is in your community. Um, um, 
I, I, I will start with my, my background first that I, 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 come, I come from a very traditional uh, background that is from Singapore, a traditional Tamil church where uh, women um, are not encouraged to be ministers and uh, and uh, but um, I had this very strong uh, uh, belief in 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 doing something different. So um, I went into education. But when I came into New Zealand, I I worked seven seven years in in in. Um, in a different field before I decided that I want to pursue my dream. And, um, and so I became a, a, a minister, but it did not happen overnight. That is overcoming many obstacles, uh, bending backwards as an Asian woman in, in, in at times I was in a monoculture because uh, I'm talking about about 20 years ago when I started, and uh, but what kept me going is my strong faith and confidence in God that that uh, that that um, the calling to to be someone different. And of mm. course, uh, that comes from my own Christian tradition because there are many examples of uh, women of faith in the scriptures, and they inspire me. And um, and uh, their faith and love of God is expressed in various practical ways through their different personalities and situations. And I can relate to that. And I've come a long way from um, uh, and and. Um, and here I am as a, a, a minister in in a church, and um, and uh, and that strong passion to do something different still motivates me to to be more open to cross boundaries, cultural boundaries, religious boundaries, to promote the well-being and flourishing of humanity and creation. Mm. Did you want to add to that, Sister Norlene? Well, I just wanted to add how grateful I am to have Philo in my life. Um, <laughs> she's an amazing example of diversity and openness and in seeking to become the, the very best that she could um, and obviously facing considerable um, historic prejudice and obstacles in that process but following what she believed God directed her to. And um, I just love her openness and her willingness to participate and to be open to strengthen other people. Mm. So um, I sit today with two very amazing women who in very diverse ways um, strengthen and help us to be a, a better place a better world. Mm. Mm. And, and I think for, for me personally, when I started off this journey of um, when I came to New Zealand 
to look to be a woman of faith and to be a follower of a religion which had pretty much been demonized by media it it was quite challenging to come here and still remain um you know a person of faith in the sense that particularly the hijab that i wear it's always been a matter of um you know people have their reservations because they believe that uh people who put on the women who put on the hijab have been oppressed in some way or the other uh, and and i think that that judgment that they make within that first 30 seconds of that interaction often once they've had a conversation with me and have spent some time with me they tend to realize that that is that is so wrong mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i've had colleagues at work who have said the same thing because they tend to then uh, see you as as an individual who is independent yet very true to their religious values and your religious beliefs yet being a, open to to the freedom that everyone else has but the perspectives that are often presented are the most challenging ones that you know a lot of stereotyping is there and Uh, I think women particularly have a lot of stereotyping done. I think that's very classic in all religions. Um, mm-hmm. I think people, society, it's kind of interesting. You know, if you want to know something about plumbing or you need something fixed in your bathroom, you ask a plumber. And yet, for whatever reason, when people want to know about religion, they go somewhere where people are not practicing or participating in their religious beliefs and so with media and with the information that's available via that media it's very distorted um concepts by most people it's not true of what how people live or who they are mm and that is so true that is so true sister nolene reverend filo do you want to add to nolene sister nolene's comments yeah i i as a a, a woman we do that i have faced a lot of um uh, 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 issues in uh, exercising my my leadership this was during my initial uh, uh, stage in ministry uh, but it is um, I, but during that time i recall i've met many many women who in in uh, had the courage the personal resilience something way down beyond themselves to stand in the midst of their adversity and they have inspired me and these women are women of faith um they can be just um women who stand up for what they believe in so that their voices can be heard in community in small groups in organizations and i have met women who dared to go against the grain and dared to be open to something new and something different and they have inspired me and that keeps me going because i cling on to that faith that i can make a difference and nolin said something that um, about you hafsa and um, about being a savior i think i think 
that is something that I I I continue. I, I want to continue to be a savior to people, and um, and that's my faith. That's my faith, being a savior to people, savior to the poor, savior to the hungry, savior to people who do not have hope, who do who struggle each day. And I think Nolin has put it so beautifully, a savior. Yep. Mm. And, and, I, and I see that, you know, through the work that both of you do in your, um, in your churches, the the element of hope is what you both strive to keep up amongst the people that you interact with. Would that be a fair statement? I think that's one of the great blessings of being a woman of faith and that we tend to look uh, to the future, to a vision. Um, we live in hope of things being better. Um, and it gives us courage to walk paths that are very challenging and very um, would not normally be ones that we would choose as a natural person. And yet it gives us, faith gives us the drive yeah. and it, we continue to have hope. Mm. Hope for better days, hope that things will improve hope that we can be a better person yeah it, it's the hope yeah yeah it is the hope that keeps us going and uh, and i might not achieve all that i desire to achieve in my, my lifetime but i know that i can contribute to a, a better future for the future generation, our children, our grandchildren, and the young people. So that hope motivates me and keep me uh, going. And um, I think there are tremendous examples all over about women who have stepped out of their boundaries, their culture. And uh, I am uh, 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 currently reading about uh, Malala, the young girl from Pakistan, and who received the Nobel Prize because she stood up. She had faith in, in, in not only in her God, but also that faith in education, that women should be ed educated. So I'm reading her story. So I'm inspired mm. by, by her faith and her story. And that that keeps me going. Another fine example that I've read is uh, uh, Greta Thunberg, an activist for climate change. And she has faith in something because I was reading, I was trying to find out what exactly is faith. Faith can be believing in a principle, believing in God, believing in um, mystery, a higher being and uh, believing in something good. So these people inspire me to keep going. Mm -hmm. the, and I think you've got us into a very interesting point in the discussion around, you know, because that, that, that is the idea with, that is how a lot of people want to define faith. You know, faith is about believing in something you, um, some, a greater good or, a, yeah, or greater a, good. Mm. for us it's a being which is the which is the best and you know for our religions I think that's that's one of the key things that 
makes us similar in that belief around um, that supreme being being the all good and the all knowing being. So I'm, I'm, because you started talking about women who inspire you, I think I want to now ask um, both of you the same question is, from your religious scriptures, is there anyone in specific as a woman who's mentioned who, or maybe not mentioned in the scripture, but has come down through different traditions, who you um, believe has inspired you in your journey? Sister Nolene, we can start with you. Well, I have to say, um, before I go to my scriptures, um, my grandmothers have always inspired me um, to be women uh, of great faith. Um, I grew up in an environment, my, one of my grandmothers is Dutch, and I remember she was a very avid Dutch Reformed, and um, she raised me reading scriptures and praying, and I well remember that. And my other grandmother working very diligently to make sacrifices so that buildings could be built or sacred places could be built. Um, they were women that truly inspired me to be diligent and to seek. But one of our modern, um, of course, we as a religion have a belief in, um, that in modern prophets. We have a prophet who presides now, Russell M. Nelson, and have since the 1800s. And I think of Joseph Smith's wife, Emma. She inspires me greatly. She had the courage to um, step out, out of her comfort zone, out of, um, to enable her husband to do what he did, um, to translate and to, um, and, but she was, although he was deemed a prophet, she also was a very strong woman and taught scripture and organized um, ministering and caring for one another and women's organizations. So I see her as a, somebody who stepped out, who mm. stepped up um, and went out of her comfort zone. So I'm inspired by her, mm. Emma Smith. Thank you, Sister Nolene. Reverend Philo. Yeah, um, uh, two people I can point out to is um, my mother. Um, my mother was a wonderful woman of faith. And um, uh, I can recall even till today, and um, I think that is a legacy she has passed on to me, is she prays very early in the morning and nobody disturbs her. And, uh, and uh, she, she prays, I, I can still picture her just uh, closing her eyes and just praying, praying for everyone. Sometimes when I talk to her about my friends and she'll suddenly ask me, how is that friend doing? Oh, I remembered her in my prayer. So my mother has taught me that discipline of praying, discipline of um, praying to God, seeking wisdom and guidance. And um, another person that um, I have um, 
have influenced my life, I mean, through reading, is uh, Susanna Wesley, who is the uh, mother of uh, John Wesley. The, we can say that he, he is um, the foundation of Methodism. And uh, Susanna Wesley, she had about 19 children at that time. And, uh, and, and every day she would pray. And what she does is she goes into her kitchen she, and she always has an apron on and she puts her apron over her head. And when she does that, nobody, not even her husband or her children will go near her because they know mom is talking to God, mom is talking to a high, higher being, a divine being. So they stop. So this, my mom and Susanna Wesley has really uh, influenced my life till today when it comes to the discipline of prayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, and I reflect back in my time as, you know, who I look up to for inspiration as well uh, and I think I look back at my mother and my grandmas mm. and I think I learned the value of sacrifice from mm. um, all of them because at different points in time uh, in life I have seen them sacrifice their uh, choices or their preferences over that of others because that just helps um, make it better for the other person and and reflecting on that, I think that takes me back to, you know, why I got inspired by Lady Khadija, who was the mm. prophet, our prophet's wife, mm. because she sacrificed her, uh, her wealth at, mm. at a point when, when the religion needed it. And that's why we decided to name the, the, the mm. our charity lady Khadija trust after her because and what really inspired me about her was she was the wealthiest businesswoman of her time she was known as the Arab princess and she had a, a mansion which would host orphans and travelers mm. no questions asked and mm. she would feed them so I think through that I wanted to inspire to take that inspiration and set up our charity, Lady Khadija Trust, with that intention that we continue her value of service mm. to, to, to humanity. You know, it's not just about uh, a particular religion, which is, which is so great to see, you know, the reflection that have come through from all, all from both of you. Mm. So but going forward, now I, I wanted to also ask you, what have been maybe just not a lot of the challenges, but at least one specific challenge that you feel that women of faith possibly experience? Mm. Very interesting. Okay. I, 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 will, I will try and answer that. I think one very significant challenge that I face is being an Asian Indian woman serving in, um, uh, in serving in a church where, as I started off, it was only a monoculture at that time. So when you stand up and when you share a reflection, it 
it hits you. It hits you. And uh, and uh, sometimes uh, when I introduce myself as a minister, I have different reactions to. And uh, so there's still that challenge that I face that um, I have to continue sometimes to say, hey, I'm as good as A, B or C and I, I can accomplish my task. Yes, I can speak English. <laughs> and and you, you still have that challenge still, no matter how you have the challenge, because the first impression when, uh, when you're a woman of color, and and um, I'm from Asia, and and being an Indian woman, and uh, the the funny thing is, my husband is Kiwi. When we go out, and uh, they always think my husband is the minister. <laughs> and when I introduce myself, and there is silence at times. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sister Nolene, do you want to share? What, have, what do you think is um, been a challenge? I think, like Philo, I mean, I'm white. I'm a New Zealander. Um, I don't have that. Um, and, and yet, in some degree, there is a degree of prejudice simply because of the fact that I'm white. There's a lot of assumptions made. And I think that we as a society are mm. very... very um, we assume we know who people are and we tend to place them in boxes. And yeah. probably my greatest challenge is I've never fitted in any box. Um, I'm not a triangle. I'm not a circle. I'm, I'm me and mm. I'm very different from a lot of females. For example, um, we live on a farm. I run the farm. I work the chainsaw. Um, there's not too many women who in their 60s still can work a chainsaw for eight hours. But, mm. but that's me. And um, I think people make assumptions or categorise us. And I think it's the prejudices, the assumptions that are made like you said, Husper, when people pause and take time with you and visit with you and allow you to be who you are, um, and for you also, Philo, when people allow you to be who you are and to be open to diversity, um, we, we are all enriched. We are all enabled. And, um, yeah, I'm certainly enriched by you as a woman. Um, you have enriched my faith. You've enriched. I, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I agree totally with uh, Nolene because people tend to put you in boxes and label that if you are from a certain background, you will behave this way, or it, 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 people don't see the the uh, the accomplishments. People don't see the skills that you have. Um, it's like if you are if, if you are a woman, if you are from this country, you will be uh, you have to walk ten steps behind your husband. 
sometimes it has that, but Nolin has just pointed out that she uses a chainsaw. So women have done the unthinkable at one stage. It was men did it, but now women do all that. Women can vote. They do the unthinkable. And at one stage, uh, women were not even considered to be doctors. And, and now they are. They've done the unthinkable. And uh, that's their faith. And, and, uh, and their their persistence and their re, their resilience that have brought them to where they are, but still there's the pushback pushing us back into little tiny boxes, and uh, that swimming against the current. And I have found that many times that I have to swim against the current, but sometimes it knocks your confidence also. But you just say no, I get up and go because I have the faith I can do it. Yeah, I love that what you just said Reverend Filio that you know you get knocked down so many times yeah. and you just um you you get up and go because then you you know that there is someone looking over you and will be taking care of you yes yeah. I, I think that's that's the resilience that comes with being women of faith that even though you are knocked down and uh, you know because you know that the faith doesn't prescribe these attitudes and these behaviors these are individuals who have chosen to behave in these specific ways against you yeah and and uh, i i cannot allow uh, um, that to control my life i i have i cannot withdraw and fade into the background i have to stand up for what i believe in Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that leads us into another important part of this discussion around if I were to, um, I think, uh, ask you, what is that one or two different values that you think that you connect with the most? What would those be? For, for me, is. Honoring every individual and uh, respecting the sacredness of life, whether it be a, a, a human being or creation, and uh, just valuing life, respecting it and honoring it. And uh, that comes respecting people and uh, valuing them and accepting them for who they are. Um, not with uh, expectations, not with requirements. And uh, that's what I believe in and uh, serving God by loving others. Beautiful. Thank you, Reverend Philo. Sister Nolene. And I agree with Philo. Um, love, ultimately, to me, God is love, our supreme being, um, the way that he treats me and honours me and communicates with me is always in love. Mm. And I think if I am trying to emulate or learn how to love as he loves unconditionally and to walk with people and to allow people to be who mm. they are, and to find the richness within them and to invite them um, by what I say or by what I do mm-hmm. to become a little better, not 
the same as anybody else, but better mm. within their own realm. Um, for me, that word would be charity, which to me yeah. is not the charity that we know in the world, but the pure love mm. is pure love um, when mm. we love as God, that we see people at all of value mm. and significant yeah. and mm. treat them that way. Yeah, there, there is, uh, I think, not, not there is a, uh, uh, verse in scriptures which says that whether you feed the hungry or you clothe the naked, whatever you do, you give uh, a drink to someone, um, you kind being kind to strangers, feeding the hungry, you are doing it to God Himself. Yeah. yeah. So, so that is quite a powerful statement. So, whatever we do, we are doing it to God. Yeah. Mm. And, I, and I think that, uh, that again, what both of you said aligns so strongly with what we've got in our traditions that have come from our prophet in terms of our responsibilities. You know, there is there are three levels that we've been told that one is the responsibility towards your own self. The second is your responsibility. Uh, sorry, the first one is your responsibility towards God then your responsibility towards yourself and then your responsibility mm -hmm. towards the community that you're living in, which, which again emphasizes what both of you said, you know, that the, the ability to, to, make, to treat life as sacred and mm -hmm. to value it and nourish it is, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that that is such a significant thing. Do, do you think we have forgotten that? As a as a world, yeah. it is becoming a lost I, entity. It's um, I think we're becoming more insular. Mm -hmm. We're becoming more I people. It's about yeah. me and what I want and how I want it, rather than what can um, we do. What what is it that we need? What is it that we as a community need? But in saying that, I think, you know, we've got two extremes. I believe there's always opposites. Where there's greater love, there's greater hatred and hurt and animosity. Mm. And so as I see that decay, I also see an increase of how people like Philo and yourself, Hasva, love and care and nurture. And I... Yeah, I, I hope, like Philo, that we're laying a foundation for future generations that maybe our children or grandchildren or those that we associate with mm. um, may have an increased desire to be better people. Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Reverend Philo? Um, I think... Um, we always consider as ourselves as the privileged people. And uh, what uh, does not affect us, uh, we, we, we just sometimes we, we, turn, uh, we turn away. And, uh, and I have heard people say to me, well, they deserve it. Uh, they are poor because they are lazy and all these uh, cliches. And, uh, 
and uh, I think we ha we have lost the sense of being um, uh, responsible for one another because we are in this planet together, and uh, we only have one shot in life, and um, and. Uh, because of many different situations, people are jobless, especially now people are poor, people are hungry. And, uh, and uh, we, 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 need, we need to regain that, uh, that, um, that connectedness with people and that responsibility that we care, we care for one another. Mm, and yeah. I think when I see what's happening around the world, there's no respect for yeah. life. There's no respect for the sacredness of life. You see children in refugee camps. You see genocide, and 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 uh, it, you can't turn around and say it's not my problem. It is our problem. It is. It is. If we want a better world for our children, grandchildren, then we are called to do something about it. Yeah, that that that's I, I I believe it's it's our role. We need to do something about it. We just cannot be quiet. Our voices must be heard, especially for the voiceless. We have to be voice for the voiceless. Yeah. I love what you're saying, Philo. Um, I think it's really important. Sometimes we don't help because we think, how can I change the world? I'm just one person. Yeah, that's but right. We can save one person at a time. We can help one person at a time. We can enable one person at a time. And that one person will help somebody. And it, it creates this radiant process, which can ultimately enrich generation upon generation. I mean, we all shared the significance of our mothers. My mother had nine children. Mm. If each of those was impacted, then one woman has changed nine lives, and I'm sure she impacted many others. Um, so it, it's, yeah, we allow ourselves to become insular because we think we can't change anything, but we change things by changing ourselves. And we change things by changing our attitudes. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that that was so beautiful because, you know, I and and that point where you know we can't change the whole world, but mm -hmm. if we change at least for one person, you're probably changing the world for that just one person, which is you know we can all keep continuing yes, I, that I believe change. In that, that one person, yeah. continuing that change. So um, I'm. I'm sort of approaching at the end of our discussion now, but before we conclude, I wanted to use the opportunity to, you know, because you are, you both do so much in the community and have so much wisdom to share. I wanted to use this opportunity to ask you if we have around 200 people who listen to the podcast every month, and we don't know how many people listen to it on their radio, what message would you like to give um, by using this platform? Hmm, interesting. Wow. So many things we can say. But maybe I will just um, uh, um, 
I will just leave a quotation from, from uh, Indira Gandhi, which I have kept for such a long time and it always reminds, uh, I go back to it. It's always on my table and it just, it states, whenever you take a step forward, you are bound to disturb something. So do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you because if you if you have the faith and the determination, the passion to do something, and when your foundation is is love and compassion, just go for it. And along the way, you will disturb something, but don't let that push you back. Stand up and be counted. That's all I need to say. Oh, thank you, Philo. Uh, Sister Nolene. Wow. I'm not sure I could particularly add to that. I, I love that entity. I'll do it anyway. Feel in your heart and know. But perhaps I will just share something from yeah. one of our prophets. Um, he, he wrote a poem called Woman is God's Supreme Creation. And I hope woman who are listening, who are enabled, might feel a little strength in knowing that women are amazing people. Woman is God's supreme creation only after the world had been formed, after the day had been separated from the night, after the waters had been divided from the land, after vegetation and animal life had been created, and after man had been placed on the earth, was woman created. And only then was the work pronounced complete and good. Of all the creations of the Almighty, there is none more beautiful, none more inspiring than a lovely daughter of God who walks with virtue, with an understanding of why she should do so, who honours and respects her body as a thing sacred and divine who cultivates her mind and constantly enlarges the horizons of her understanding, who nurtures her spirit with everlasting truth. Woman is God's supreme creation. That, was that is beautiful, Nolene. Thank you. Indeed, that is so beautiful. And I don't think I need to offer anything else to conclude <laughs> yeah. this episode. Thank you so much to both of you. And thank you, Hafsa. Thank you. You're amazing. For all that you are doing and inspiring us. And Nolin, thank you. You are amazing too. You've been listening to Open Table on Plains FM. You can like us on Facebook and join the discussion. Podcasts of this series are available on Spotify, iTunes and the Plains FM website. Open Table has been made possible by the efforts of Lady Khadija Trust with funding provided from the Office of Ethnic Communities. Thank you for listening.